Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Fun times in the studio. It is, uh, it's December and uh, I have a great new Christmas gift idea for you. Um, If you, well, not necessarily for me, I already have my hands on one, but uh, if you are looking for a a nifty, really cool Christmas present, I have an idea for you. And it comes from uh, a collaborative team. My favorite liturgical artist in studio, Kelly Schumacher with On You Stay Liturgical Arts. Kelly, welcome back. Thank you so much, Andy. It's so good to be here. Always fun to have you in studio. And uh, we have, we're on Facebook Live today. I know. So you can see us. You can see us. Uh, Well, you can see some of us. Uh, We have our guest on the phone as well. Josh Radke is author of this book, your, your, uh, your partner in this collaboration. Josh, welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you. Very glad to be here. A pleasure to have you with us and looking forward to learning more about you and your, your work in this book. For our listeners who want to see what's going on in the studio, see the, 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 uh, some of the images from the book as well today, follow us, facebook.com slash KFUO radio. You can see our smiling faces in the studio. Kelly Dyer in studio. Josh is on the phone. A new book called The Creation, The Fall, and The Promise, written by Joshua Radke and illustrated by Kelly Schumacher. And I can't wait to learn more about it. So uh, let's start with Josh. Josh, tell us a little bit about your background. I understand you're a student at Concordia Lutheran Theological Seminary in St. Catharines, Ontario. Uh, but you've also written some other books as well. Tell us a little bit about Josh Radke. Um, yes, I am a uh, student at the seminary here in uh, St. Catharines, which is part of Lutheran Church Canada, and I'm very much enjoying myself with all of my brothers and my spiritual fathers here. And I'm originally from Maine, um, which is, you know, way up in the northeast part of the country. And uh, in terms of, of writing, um, I have written a uh, one novel at present, uh, Stitch Cross's Crusade, which I was very happy to be a guest and talking about mm-hmm. last year. And uh, other than that, I've, I've got two wonderful kids and, and a wife, and uh, we're uh, doing the best that we can up here while I'm in school. With whom did this idea for this book begin? Uh, where did this idea begin? Was, Josh, did it start with you? Yeah, um, basically I was uh, reading uh, the first volume in the Great Works of God, which is a translation of sermons by Valerius Herberger and published by Concordia Publishing House. And um, the the first volume deals with sermons about the Genesis account. And uh, the more I kept reading this, this work and, and these sermons, the, the imagery was so rich that um, I just started having these ideas of, you know, I would love it if more folks had access to, to what uh, this particular Lutheran pastor was talking about. He lived, I believe, in the 17th century. So, um, I'm not sure how much access folks have had, and and so after that, I, I read a bunch of those, and then uh, I was curious to to learn some more. So I went and I read Luther's uh, lectures on the same content, and found that Luther was, or really maybe it was more Valerius building on Luther, because the two of them were really complementing each other, and the imagery was just it was just in my head and. I thought, uh, what, what, maybe if I sat down and distilled a little bit of this 
for uh, families to use with devotions for, for their kids, because it, it was just this rich Christology and, and sacramental imagery and the, the, this uh, connecting it to the new creation, and it was just fantastic. So that's really where it started on my end. Tell me about, maybe choose just one, one of the images that, that you envisioned as you were reading the text. Oh, wow. Um, I would say one of the first ones that came to mind was a uh, connection between God creating the, uh, the seas and, and, and the water, and then the, the land being kind of risen up out of it, and Luther demonstrating this as a kind of a, of, of a type of holy baptism, um, because eventually, of course, man would be formed from the ground. And so that would be maybe one example of this imagery where he takes God creating and connecting it to one of the sacraments. How did you get connected with Kelly Schumacher on your stay liturgical arts? Um, well, I don't know, maybe she can speak to that a little bit better, because I believe she saw my book on at Crusem, and uh, I believe she contacted me. I don't know, is, is that correct? Yep, that's what happened. <laughs> so you two connected on Ad Crusem, which is uh, another artist as well, right? Yeah, Ad Crusem is like a Lutheran gifts, art, mm-hmm. table decorations, Christmas ornaments, um, books. And I saw Josh's work on there, and I'd been looking at publishing for many years and I just hadn't found anything yet. And so I said, Hey, well, we'll just try and see what happens. And I submitted a manuscript for something I had written, but I didn't feel ready to have my own written work and illustrations out there yet. So I asked if he had any projects and I read his text and I thought, this is amazing. This is beautiful. This is very deep. You can um, you can have a lot of fun with the imagery. So I said, okay, let's do it. And a few years later, we now have a book. So where where does illustration fit into your spectrum of art? Is this something that's fairly new for you, or has illustration always been a part of uh, your interests and your work? Um. I've always enjoyed illustration. I wanted to do book illustration since I was very small. Um, my training was in school was not geared more toward illustration. It was more um, fine art, portraiture, landscape, kind of learning how to make things look representational. But um, I then found illustration and what that would be, a lot of people kind of have their own idea of what illustration is, but technically it's just looking at a text and developing imagery that complements that text. So it's very biblical. A lot of contemporary art is about self-expression. Your art is an expression of you and kind of your own narrative. But the beauty of illustration is there's an objective narrative that you're working with. So it actually fits very well into what I'm doing. So in, in this particular piece, The Creation, The Fall, and The Promise, uh, you're working with the, the biblical narrative. We're starting with the the the, the narrative of creation. Uh, tell me about the process 
Do you have a process to uh, approaching the text and then the the creative work that 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 happens in order to to develop the the images in your mind and then put them on what on canvas on paper what medium do you use Well this book I did illustration board watercolor and a little bit of acrylic the process I always think I'm going to come up with a 10-step process, (laughs) and it never, it is always different every single time. um, Inspiration comes from many different sources. Um, Let's see. I mean, I looked at the text, and this is kind of the basics of what happened, and I started to kind of divide the text into groupings of what made sense, and then started attaching different either sketches or photocopies or images from the internet, things that started to kind of fit or write words of images that made sense. And then slowly over time, I just, um, I would either take photographs, have models, go outside, take a lot of iPhone pictures that when you're, I mean, when I'm literally outside exercising, I'll be like, oh, that looks like a good tree for this. Click. Um, you know, it really comes in everywhere. Um, but you know, kind of, there's just so much research involved. Um, and then sometimes it takes you a long time to figure something out. And then other times it just works right away. And I'm always learning and developing as I go. So I love that we can carry our phones with us to capture images like this. I have a, a, an interview coming up um, next week that will broadcast next week with a classical education advocate, um, Heather Smith. And we talk about, in, in that story, we talk about uh, the common, is it the commonplace book? I think this was, this was pre-Facebook. Uh, oh, wow. We See, I don't even, yeah. <laughs> I know there was life before Facebook and how we captured ideas and shared them with others. Hmm. Did you know that? I remember what was it MySpace or something, but that, maybe this was no, before that. No, then. this I, actually I, I, I'm speaking in jest. This is like a journal that, oh. that students <laughs> would use in classical education, and, and she used it with her students as well. It's just a, a, a hard copy journal of, of of you know keeping notes on 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 a variety of things, it's not one specific thing. So like the ideas that you were sharing, you saw a tree that was perfect for this idea that you had in your mind. Uh, capturing all those and, and keeping them in one place, I'm sure is is challenging with the the number of projects that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I don't even know anymore. People always ask how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I just do. Like I I wish I could figure it out, but um I found also I have to um not overthink things. Like I can develop and redevelop, but also and that's a really good thing, but then sometimes I need to just try it and see what happens too. So it's also like develop and redevelop, but then you have to get to a point where you say no, it's fine. It'll work in the end. And then typically I think, oh, well, that looks different. I like it. So. <laughs> well, let's talk about the 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 text, the, the narrative here, Josh. Uh, we start with the, the creation. How do you approach telling the narrative? It's not just a, it's not a, um, a, a translation of the biblical text. How do you approach telling uh, this narrative of creation and then the fall and the promise? Um, well, I guess I sort of approached it uh, using Luther's lectures and the sermon, uh, at least the, the sermons that, that Herberger did. I kind of used that as my guiding, um, and where they discuss the biblical narrative, uh, certainly I, I kind of went along with that. But then as soon as there was an opportunity to perhaps discuss something uh, more on the Christological side about Christ or about sacraments, 
um, there was usually a very natural flow. So if Luther is talking about, uh, you know, the creation of, of the trees, and, um, and he's kind of, uh, he's kind of going off on a, well, you know, here is a demonstration. You know, imagine that when God is creating the trees, he knows that at some point in history, he is going to be dying for the sins of the world on one of these trees, um, or on a tree, not necessarily one of the ones in creation, but, um, and so as, as Luther or, and or Herberger would move along that way, I just would follow them and take it where they were going. And then when they got back into the biblical narrative, that's when I would get back in the biblical narrative. So I never really was on my own, um, which is, as a writer, I actually prefer that. I, I don't, if someone presents me with just an open field and no boundaries, I, I'll, I won't know what to do with it. So I, I prefer being able to kind of go on a, a uh, you know, where, where there are, are those boundaries, and it keeps me kind of focused and on track. And in the writing, it's it's not just the, the narrative of the creation, the fall, the promise, uh, but you connect it to us now as well in, in your writing. It's uh, As you were describing, uh, you know, for example, when uh, you're speaking about, uh, when you write about creation, um, that in early on in the book, isn't it interesting that the earth, which would be used by God to form man, came out of the water by the word of God? This reminds us of our baptism when we come out of water by the word as new creations in Jesus. You you connect it. It's it's not just a um, a narrative or a, of history, but connects to us very much. So, as you point out, the the gift of baptism that that we uh, get to receive that 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 we get to um, that makes us his own. You connect us to this history of the the creation uh, through this this very gift. Uh, so it's it's not just history, but also connected to us today. And and Kelly, you do that with the the illustrations as well. One that I find very intriguing is um, our enchantment with the heavens beyond Earth, and the magic of fairy tales and stories that take place on other worlds. Our ways God reminds us we are made for the new heaven and new Earth. That will come when Jesus returns for us. I'm talking about the, the the illustration for this. Tell me about this particular piece. The, okay, this one, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Um, <clears throat> let's see if I can. Facebook.com/slash KFUO yeah. Radio if you want to see the image that we're talking Great. about. Great. Okay, so um, this one, <clears throat> I was particularly inspired, um, and I think one of our earlier interviews we talked about Disney fairy tales as being an inspiration <laughs> um, for why I got into liturgical art. But what people don't always realize is a lot of the fairy tale illustrators, including those from Disney, took their imagery from Christian artwork from the Middle Ages. And so a lot of the same um, iconography, um, elements, thematic, narrative elements are put in there. So um, what I think is really beautiful is, you know, in the classic fairy tales that were actually derived from biblical narratives, um, you always have the prince that e- princess that eats the fruit and she dies, just like Eve eats the fruit and all of humanity dies. And we are the bride 
I mean, we become the bride, but we are dead in our sins and our trespasses. And then Christ in his word and sacrament um, is given to us. And I always think of that as like the kiss. And that's actually part of um, a lot of Catholic theology as well. So I was thinking it's almost like Christ gives us his word and sacrament, which is the same as the prince kissing the princess in the story. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of different, but it it all makes sense. And then, you know, at the end, the prince comes and he takes the princess to live in the kingdom. Well, Jesus comes back on the last day and he takes the bride to be part of the marriage feast of the lamb that has no end. So it all fits very well. <laughs> on the the page opposite of that, Correct. we connect the nativity to the, the crucifixion. Uh, God has plans to use all these heavenly bodies in miracles to show all people his power and authority. They would also play important roles in announcing the birth of his son, Jesus, as well as the death of Jesus on the cross for our sins, so that for his sake, we will live forever with him. Uh, we'll start with Josh and connecting the, the, the incarnation to the crucifixion here. Josh, would you like to speak on that? Um, you know, it, it really feels like it, it's pretty, it would seem self-explanatory, but I think a lot of times we don't always think about, cause it's Christmas and we're not always thinking about the passion. Um, but I, I recall once hearing, uh, a songwriter, uh, say that, you know, Jesus was born to die. And that was very much in my mind as I was, you know, writing that particular thing. Um, I was very curious how Kelly was going to bring that out, and she did a magnificent job with that because really this is one of those instances uh, where I think visuals play such a vital role in trying to connect something that folks aren't always connecting. And um, this is a, a great example of really where the the – the, the illustration is vital in order to, to get something like that across. I'm noticing in the, the art here, Kelly, it was, it's, it's like two panels almost connected, uh, it, lots of blue in the nativity, more, more warm colors, reds in the, the crucifixion. But it's, it, it appears as though Joseph is looking over to the 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 crucifixion here. Tell me about the the pieces or this illustration. Sure. I mean, if you look at it, there's a star in the middle top of one side, mm-hmm. and then the moon turning to blood on the other. Mm-hmm. So both the in both narratives, the heavenly bodies are playing an important role. Um, and then you have Joseph. He's if you look, he's got a kind of a protective mm-hmm. hand on Mary's shoulder, meant to show that his vocation as father is to protect. Um, Mary and baby Jesus, because it's not time yet, you know, because the um, Herod's men were going to come and kill the baby, but it was his job to protect. So he's looking forward. Um, And then Christ on the other side, um, I'm not sure why I did a banner there, but I really liked the idea of a banner, Mm. Um, kind of almost showing his death and his resurrection. And there's people looking at him in the background. there's that could be Mary next to him. Um, you know that verse, um, and a sword shall pierce your mm-hmm. own soul as well. And she is um, kind of recognizing what that that prof- those prophetic words meant earlier on in her son's life. Um, and then there's flowers, butterflies meant to represent resurrection, but it's meant to really um, 
function almost like an architectural space. And if you look, the architecture is the same as the page beforehand. It's just drawn out. And it, yeah, do you mm-hmm. see that? I do. Yeah, it's a continuation meant right. to show that these are different panels of a narrative. And, um, and almost the, like stained glass in a church, almost like stained glass windows. So, yeah. which was what stained glass was um, meant to do is tell stories. Mm. <laughs> so, tell me about the style of art. I, I love the style in this and it's uh, you know, even the way that you framed it uh, each illustration um, it's somewhat ornate. Uh, tell me about the style. Yes, I was inspired by medieval illuminated texts mm. and a few um, cont- well actually I should say I had a very um, a few favorite illustrators growing up that did more fairy tales and then I looked back and realized they were inspired by Renaissance and medieval art. So I went back and looked at the classical forms of art and also uh, the texts that were originally used um original illustrations that were made before the printing press and I thought well let's see let's let's try to do all of that together so there's a lot of symbolism and meaning uh, within medieval art everything that you do has a meaning so there's little grapes hidden within the the backgrounds meant to represent communion um, the white the white flowers can represent lilies or purity um, yeah, so there's just so, so much going on, but every single piece inside of it has some sort of biblical reference or meaning. Okay, I miss the grapes. Where are they hidden? Where are they hidden? Okay, up here. They're all, they're uh, kind of, they're very subtle. Do you okay. see them? I think I do, up at the top. Yeah, they're kind of with a lot of curly cues. <laughs> there's a lot of curly cues. <laughs> well, it's absolutely beautiful. This is not... This is, you know, we're in our culture, we're so used to as we as Facebook and things like that, that we were talking about earlier, where images just scroll by quickly and we don't even really take them in. This is something where as you read the text, you also have to, you take your time reading the text, but you also need to take your time taking in the, the illustration as well and really just savor the, the art. It's not something you just read through quickly, but but really let your eyes um, just uh, feast on the the art in this piece. It really is just um, well, probably not. We we probably don't spend as much time looking at it as the hours that you put into uh, to illustrating this. Tell me about uh, the we have. Oh gosh, just about a minute left. Tell me about uh, collaborating on this project. What was it like to collaborate with an author? Um. Josh and Cassandra Radke were very nice <laughs> and let me just let me create. I mean, uh, they just, they were very gracious and let me create. Josh, what was say. it like collaborating with a liturgical artist for your, uh, for your book? Uh, uh, a liturgical artist of her caliber. It, it, it was a dream. Um, you know, my, my, my wife is also an artist, so I, I certainly understood going into it that giving her that freedom to create was going to be very important. And I really wanted her to be able to create something that, as you said, people could take their time with, and that especially if this was going to be the focus of family devotions, that, you know, this is going to speak to the children. The, the images, more than the words for them, are going to mm-hmm. speak first. So to give the parents something in the images to teach with, and the richness means that there's always something new to to, to discover. 
Where can we get this book? We can get it a couple of places, right? Uh, Josh, where can we get the book? Uh, it is at Amazon.com. Um, I believe we're also working to get it with at Crusem. Uh, it's also at Barnes and Noble and, you know, those kinds of places. Also on use day arts dot com, grailquestbooks.com. Uh, so com. check it out. Uh, you can find some of Kelly's other work there. Grailquestbooks.com, you can find some of Josh's other book, uh, other books there as well. Thank you both for being my guest today. Fantastic book. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word with Pastor Whedon on Worldwide KFUO. You've been listening to Faith and Family, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. Or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Faith and Family is a production of KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere since 1924. Text the letters KFUO to 41444 to join the legacy with your tax-deductible gift.